in terms of this title, Amazing Love. And there are two texts of scripture that I want to briefly reference. One is Revelation 1, 5 through 6, and then and in terms of this, in terms of this, three and one. As a matter of fact, those will be on the board before you. We can read those. Let's read those together. Uh, and here's the Revelation passage. Can you all see that? Okay, let's begin. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And then in 1 John 3, 1, and I, I love this verse. I absolutely love this verse. And uh, let's read that together as well. You ready? See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Amen. And I like that. It says, it's, he says, this love is so amazing. We should be called the children of God. And we're not just called it. We, we are the sons and daughters of God. Amen? Amen. So I, want, I wanted to remind you this morning about, I want to remind you of a simple and yet profound truth. And it's simply this. I want to remind us this morning that we are loved by Father God. Amen? Um, because what happens is it's a truth that's so simple that we often overlook it. It's so rudimentary that we assume we know it well and that we have internalized it, yet often our experience belies the fact that we don't grasp the fundamental reality uh, as fully as we might. You understand what I'm saying? We, we say it all the time. We sing about it. We talk about it, how, mu you know, how much God loves us, but sometimes it, it's such an obvious but e easily overlooked issue. Um, let me tell you something. Some of us have been beaten up pretty badly by circumstances in life. Anybody can attest to that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, some of us have lost loved ones. We've struggled for economic survival, right? We've struggled to find the emotional equilibrium in our lives. And, and this is a crass and rude and uncivil, hostile world in which we live in. And in this unliving world where we exist, we as Christians can readily assent to most of all the basic truths. Uh, but, and, and, and this basic truth of love, the love of God, only to discover that deep within we're not as convinced and therefore not as consoled as we might be. You understand what I'm saying? So even if our circumstances externally are relatively calm, sometimes we struggle with internal doubts, with questions, with fears, and with uncertainties. But I just want to remind you of this one fact this morning, and that is you are loved by Father God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're loved by Father God. <laughs> Now, this is something that we all need to know that each of us needs to experience. It's something that will change our past and redirect our future. It's something that will ease the pain of, of, of our broken hearts and shattered dreams and give us the peace we need for our souls. It's something that will give us confidence that we are, that we are of value, that we matter, that, and that we're accepted by the one who matters most. Um, someone claims that there was a survey done some years ago, and participants in the survey were asked uh, this question, what three-word sentence would you most like to hear have said of you? And they were, the top three sentences supposedly were, were this. Number one, I love you. Number two, I forgive you. And number three, dinner is ready. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. But, but that really does kind of sum up our, our basic core needs, right? We have emotional, we have physical, we have 
importantly, spiritual needs, and we need to be loved, forgiven, and we need God's provision in our lives. And God meets every one of those needs. In fact, he meets all of those needs because of one primary thing, and it's the fact of the eternal, unconditional love that he has for us. And I want you to look this morning, I want you to consider the amazing love of God. John says in our verse, he says, Behold, he says, look, see what manner, what kind of love, what kind of love the Father has lavished on us. And you, you know what, I, I like that word lavish, right? Because there's certain things that I, I don't want to be parsimonious or stingy. If you, you've got some good chicken or something, lavish me some chicken on my plate. <laughs> if you've got some barbecue, lavish that the barbecue. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, that's why when we do food here, amen, Grace Chapel, when we do food, we do it abundantly because we, it, it, it's no fun to run out of food when you're having a, a party, Right? But I, I like the idea of lavish, you know, because it's like, you know, God has not just doled out a little bit of love here and there, but God has lavished his love on us. And, and, uh, but let's talk about the manner or the kind of love. Kenneth Wiest in his word studies in the New Testament says that that, that, that manner literally defined suggests that the love of God is foreign, that it is literally out of this world. It's a love of another kind. It's a whole different order of love of anything we can imagine the love of God is unlike any other love that we can experience. There's no other love like it. It's, the, it's greater than a mother's love. It's greater than a father's love. It's greater than the love between a husband and a wife. It's foreign. It's unusual. It is out of this world. In other words, God has out of this world love for you and me. And we can't get out of this world, right? We can't escape this planet, right? At least not yet. But Jesus came to us. He came into this world to demonstrate, to illustrate the great love of God. And he became flesh. We read about it this morning, didn't we? He descended from the throne of heaven. He took upon himself the form of a servant, lived in the flesh for a little over 33 years, and then demonstrated the love of God in the greatest way. He died on the cross for the sins of all humanity. Amen? So I want to just give you four things this morning before we go home about the love of God uh, and what the love of God will do in our lives if we will accept it. Number one, the love of God equalizes. The love of God equalizes. Now, we live in a, in, in a, in a society with a lot of different categories and a lot of different places, right? And so there are educational categories, there are economic categories, there are political categories, there are racial categories. You know, we have all the, all the ways that we divide ourselves and all the way that we classify and categorize ourselves as human beings. But understand this, that in the eyes of God, we are all what? No matter where you come from or where you've been, we're all on equal ground when it comes to the love of God. It reaches to the lowest places down in the gutter to where the homeless are and all the way up to a castle or a palace on the hilltop. It, and God loves everyone the same. Aren't you glad about that? This one lady was once asked uh, which child was her, was her mother's favorite. And uh, her reply was somewhat stunning. She said, my mother loved Johnny best because he's the oldest. But she loved Jimmy best because he's the youngest, and she loved me best because I'm the only girl. <laughs> so the question would be, which one in this church this morning does, love, does God love the best? He loves each one of us the same. He loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves us all the same. Love is the great equalizer. We're all loved equally by God. Jesus Christ died on the cross for every single one of us. Amen? Amen. Secondly, the love of God. Uh-oh, Max is having a little, diff little, little difficult moment there. He's only three. <laughs> I have to remind myself of that because, you know, he's so smart and so together. But then every now and then it's like, oh, yeah, you're three. 
The love of, number two, the love of God endures. The love of God endures. Aren't you glad to know that God will not quit loving us no matter what? He has done too much and given too much to ever give up on us, to ever quit loving us. The love of God endures time and it endures trials, it endures transgressions. Some people live in the fear that they're going to do something in their relationship that will cause, in a relationship that will cause a person to quit loving them. But in our relationship with God, that's an unnecessary fear because the love of God endures, it's continual, it's constant, it's certain. Amen? Amen. Now, I want to ask you, in an ever-changing world like this one, isn't that good to know that there are some things that remain the same? On the wall behind me, Hebrews 13.8 reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And isn't it good to know that the love of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever and will never change? Yes. Number three, the love of God emancipates. We sang about freedom this morning, didn't we? And uh, we simply celebrated the freedom that we have in Christ. And we talked about the, the various dimensions of that freedom in Scripture, the freedom from the law, freedom from, free, freedom from the power of sin, from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and ultimately freedom from the presence of sin, right, on the other side. Amen? Uh, we talked about that freedom. And, and some of us know what it, what, what it feels like to have been bound by sin and, and experience the, the liberating power of the love of God. But... but it says in the Revelation passage that he has washed us in his own blood. When we are saved, when we become Christians, our sins are washed in the blood of Jesus. We're cleansed, we're liberated, we're set free. My friend, if you are a Christian, yes, we like to, 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 to recite 2 Corinthians 5 where the, the scripture says that if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, a new creature, if you will, a, a new being. But let me tell you something. If you are in Christ this morning, you are no longer a slave to sin. The sin in your life is not because you are bound to it, it's because you choose to, but you've been freed from the power of sin. And you may, let me tell you something, you may be in bondage this morning. You may feel enslaved or trapped, and you've tried to break the chains, you've pulled and you've stretched with all your strength, but to no avail. But I want to tell you that you can be made free because you have been set free by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The love of God emancipates us, amen? Amen. Then number four, the love of God elevates Supposedly, there was in some major city at one point a, a, a study or an experiment, when social experiment, when, where 100 homeless people were taken off the street, set up in apartments. Bless you. Sound worse than me. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> <Uh-oh>. <coughs> 100 homeless people taken off the streets, set up in apartments, arranged to have jobs, you know, just, just, taken, just taken right off the street and, and set up into new lives. Now, that sounds like a great idea, right? But the shocking news was that in a few months, almost every one of them were back on the streets. Why? Because even though their environment was changed, the, something on the inside of them was not. There was a story of a, there was a homeless couple in our neighborhood that used to lay in, uh, under the trees right over here. Uh, and some of you will remember them. They were older, and they were uh, on the street for some years. And I understand that one of them got a, won some, uh, they won the lot, or they won a lot of money. Yeah, and then about three months later, they were dead because it's like they basically, yeah, because they just, you see, you give money to somebody without changing the heart, right? Uh, so these people, they, you can, you know, they, they were given a new chance, but they were, the, they were still broken on the inside. Their nature was the same. They're the same on the inside. But when we experience the love of God, when we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, we're cleansed on the inside. God reaches down and lifts us up out of the, remember old folks used to say, lifts us up out the miry clay. <clears throat> I don't even know what miry clay is, Christy, but uh, 
I don't either, but we used, they sure used to talk about it in church and sing about the miry clay and put my feet on a solid rock today. And, you know, we have a sure and steadfast foundation. And again, the word says, behold, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. So no matter what, how well-intentioned intentioned it might, we might be in trying to fix people by giving them external resources rather than helping them to change from the inside, our greatest needs, really, as important as all these things I'm going to mention are, our greatest needs are not educational, environmental, or economical. Our greatest need is spiritual and can only be met in Christ. Amen? Amen. We need to be loved completely. We need to know that we're loved completely. We need to be forgiven thoroughly, and only God can do that. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something, friends. You've never lived a day, an hour, a minute, or a second when God didn't love you. Let me tell you something. You may, you may have hidden in shame from God like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, but God still loves you. you. You may have deserted him like the disciples when they fled when Jesus was arrested, but guess what? God still loves you. You, you may have denied him like Peter when, when they asked him about his relationship with Jesus, but, but God still loves you. You may have doubted like Thomas, but God still loves you. In it all, through thick and thin, good times, bad times, up or down, God loves you. Guess what? You never leave his mind. You never leave his thoughts or his sight. He sees the worst in you and loves you anyway. Ain't that good news? Jeremiah 31.3, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Some of us have some challenges in life that we face ahead of us. But I want to remind you, and I want you to remember this when you're going through difficult times. When you're sitting at the bedside of a loved one racked with pain or disease, remember this, that God still loves you. When you sit at the graveside after, after losing someone who's touched your heart in life, remember that God still loves you. When you weep because your financial burdens seem too great to bear, remember that God still loves you. When, you. when your family is torn apart by division and when your marriage seems to be heading for disaster, still, God loves you. And when our hearts ache because of some sin that we've committed and we feel that God could never forgive us, God still loves you. God could never love you any more than he already does, and God could never love you any less than he already does. See, you can't get more of God's love because God is love. You've got God. You've got love. Right. See, I know, good church folk, we think that God will love us more if we cuss less, Drink less, sin less, other things less. Or we think on the other side that God will love us more if I pray more. He'll love me if I, more if I study my Bible more, attend church more, pay more tithes. While these things are all an indicator of your love for God, these things are the things we do to respond to God's love. They don't impact or change God's love for you one bit. Remember Romans 8.39 rather? Who shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord? Because you see, God's love isn't based on you. It's based on Jesus. You see what he says? Who shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord? God will always love you as much as he loves his son. Because you are in Christ. Get it? You get it? 
here's the question as we draw to a close this morning. I know it's an early close for us, isn't it? But I did good. <laughs> I was, after, I was after, after keeping my wife, my wife away coughing all night long. But here's the question. Are you experiencing God's love for you? Is God's love real to you? Romans 5, 5 talks about the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. And we have the capacity to know and to feel and to enjoy and experience God's love because of the indwelling of the person of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. So I encourage you that as you go out into this week, April 1st coming up tomorrow, April Fool's Day, glad it's not today because you would be playing pranks on me. <laughs> We, we, spring has sprung. What a glorious day it is today. Isn't it a beautiful day? And we got through all that rain we had. And, and we go off into this new month. And Easter's coming. And, and uh, spring break is for the teachers and the school folks, right? And all that stuff, right? You know, as you go into this new week and this new month as you, and this new season, uh, I, I want you to let God's love permeate your life. When you wake up in the morning, just t- take a moment and, and, and think about the fact that God loves you. And bask in, in the warmth of that love when you wake up in the morning. When you go to bed at night, before, when you lay your head on that pillow, before you doze off to sleep, if you, if you can stay awake just a few moments. Matter of fact, when you do spiritual things, that's, that's guaranteed you'll go to sleep, right? Like praying and read the Bible. But when you, go, when you lay your head on your pillow at night, I, I, like to, I like to think back across the day and think about the various manifestations of the grace of God and my various encounters throughout the day. I like to take a little inventory of where, where, I, where I experience God's grace, where I miss God's grace. But the last thing you should, you should, that should come across your mind before you doze off to sleep would be, should be the fact that God loves you. And I know you said, well, Pastor, we all know that. Yeah, but do you really know? You know it, but is it shaping your experience? Is it changing your life? Is it, is, it, is, it sh- is it shaping you? Or is it just three words that, you know, church people say, God loves you? I remember when I was a kid, there was a radio program that my mom used to listen to every morning, and it was a, it was a little song. It said, do you know that Jesus loves you? Do you care? Do you know he died to save you? Do you care? Son of God and king is he, yet he died upon a tree. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you love him? Do you care? Do you care? Do you, does it mean something to you to know that God loves you? Or is it just, oh, he should, right? Listen. Live in his love. Immerse yourself in his love. Fill your life with his love. Let his love overpower you. Let his love indwell you. Let his love overwhelm you, surround you. And never forget, you can... You can embrace his love in the context of this scripture, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know the song we sing sometimes? We say his love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. On and on and on and on it goes. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. For loving us. Thank you for loving us as we are, yet you choose not to leave us where we are. But you came to us, you loved us. This Bible says, when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You didn't wait for us to reform ourselves, to get our lives together, get our act together, clean up our lives, get a, buy a new suit and go to church. You, you came down and you died on the cross for sinners like us, right where we were. Thank you for that amazing love this morning. 
Oh, God, thank you for that word in First John. What great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. What amazing love. Lord, may that love go with us. Someone here this morning may be going through a particular season of testing and trial in their lives. And it's in those moments when oftentimes the enemy comes and whispers into our ear and tries to convince us that we're not good enough or that God doesn't care about us and God is not concerned about us and God doesn't love us. That God loves other folks more than us because we're going through what we're going through. But Lord, by your Holy Spirit, would you impress upon our hearts today the reality of the depth of your amazing love for us. That you can love us no more or no less because you are love. We thank you and we praise you for that. I wonder if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice, every, every head bowed and every eye closed. And if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your, I don't even like that word because Jesus never said accept me. He said follow me. If you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, to turn your life over to him, we talk about what it means to become a Christian. A lot of different ways we describe it, but um, the Bible lets us know several things. Number one, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and salvation, forgiveness, eternal life is a gift that is, is yours for the, for, for the receiving just by reaching out in faith and placing your trust in Christ. You'll, ne- you'll never be able to deal with your, your own sin. You're never going to be able to outweigh your sin by your good deeds. The, the scales of justice will never w- work in your favor. You need a Savior. So if, it's, if you've, never, you've never opened up your heart and asked Jesus to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior, I'd love to, to pray with you today. Is there one today that for the first time would say, Pastor, today I want, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Is there one today? And then secondly, I wonder who under the sound of my voice would say, Pastor Charles, today the, the word touched my heart, and I want to kind of, I want to, I want to, I want today to be for me a new beginning. I, I, I want to rededicate and recommit my life to Jesus today. I'm, I've been walking. Maybe you've been living in a way that you, you've been kind of giving the Lord. You know, you've been kind of, you haven't been really listening to Him and paying attention to Him. Maybe you know, you know, you know He loves you, but you've just kind of been doing your own thing. And maybe today the Lord is calling you back. Hey, why don't you into a daily relationship with Him, where you where you're talking with Him and where you're responsive to His Holy Spirit. If that's you, you want to, today, Pastor, I want to recommit my life to the Lord. I just want to pray with you. Slip your hand up where you are. Is there one? Is there one? All right. And then thirdly, we'll go three for three here. That was Max. You, yeah, you'll be all right, Max. <laughs> who, needs a t- who needs a physical touch in their body this, this morning? Okay. Amen. Amen. We believe that Jesus is our healer. We believe that, uh, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, for those who raise their hand, we pray, we ask for your, your healing touch in their bodies. We uh, lift them to you right now. We, we thank you that you are the healer and that you are able to do all things, that with, with, that with God nothing is impossible. So, Lord, right now, we lift, as we stretch our hands to you in faith, we receive your, your, your healing touch in our physical bodies today. And, Lord, someone may need healing in their emotions today, in their, in their emotions. Lord, I, I, I pray for that healing right now as the Holy Spirit... And this is a quiet moment, but the Holy Spirit, is, as, as he moves among us, and, and, and as Jesus, as it were, walks up and down these aisles, just bestowing his grace and his blessing, we receive blessing from your hand, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for healing. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for, for, your, for your healing touch in our lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you. We praise you. And everyone say amen. 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 I'll tell you what. Uh, where's, somebody fetch me up some band members. Uh, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll...